we live in a society where we're constantly chasing, right? And, you know, if, if we help program ourselves and our schedules to allow that time, that space, we will see the, the changes that are not only better for ourselves, but what we could provide for others, for sure. Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Welcome back, listeners. As always, your host, Steve Opolinik for the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. Episode 66 today, the next step features a good friend of mine, a good buddy, Michelle. Michelle and I got to sit down and talk about our friendship and how it's changed over the years and how we met each other working in retail, specifically Crate and Barrel. We have a couple shout outs to friends, especially Rika in this episode Rika's awesome. She's the people's champ. And we talk about how our life has shifted over the years since we first met each other. And both of us have found ourselves going in many different directions at times, but really seeking a health and wellness and service-based approach to life. Michelle has her own company uh, that specializes in health and wellness and all things related to that. It's called Health Yeah with Michelle. And we get in depth about where this shift in her life has taken her, how this shift has happened, and the joy that she has about seeing the wisdom about health and wellness that she holds imparted to the younger generation and how important that is. We talk about a bunch of stuff, so I'm not going to bore you with this any longer. Tune in take a listen, and really sit back and take some notes. If you're not listening with uh, pen and paper, go grab that so you can take the notes. Take some notes. Michelle's got some awesome, awesome stuff. And uh, without further ado, here's Michelle. In a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away, our only hope is to break the chains and find our flame. Welcome to the podcast. Our guest today is one of my good buddies michelle and we're here to kind of talk about where she's at and her endeavors and her journey and we're really just honored for you to come in today michelle and and kind of share and be open and talk about all things health and wellness which is what we like to do here and um you know misstep on our speaking is also what we like to do here on the podcast so (laughs) no worries on that front so michelle uh you know you and i go way back to our times in new jersey working together um that's right i'm wondering if you could uh, uh, give a little backstory of who you are what your passions are and you know what you're doing now to the audience and then we can take the conversation from there absolutely well first and foremost thank you so much for having me i could not be more humbled um you know we do go way back for sure a little bit of a different career path at that point in our lives um kind of slain retail uh, but I don't, I don't discount any of the education and learnings that kind of got myself here. I'm sure you could say the same to getting yourself there. Yeah. Um, every piece mattered for sure. Um, you know, so spending about 18, you know, or so years in retail management with three different companies and starting, of course, with you and Crate and Barrel. Uh, you know, led me to where my passion lies now, coaching. I really think I've gotten to a place where 
I have utilized the tools and learnings and experience of my previous life to portray that into the better of people. Um, I found myself doing more and more coaching at the last part of my, my retail career. And I'm like, wait a second, this just clicked. I can do this in another place. I can do this in other capacity. Uh, you know, the other parts were fun, but the other parts also, you know, held me back from some other areas of my life. So during the, the pandemic, at the start of it, I was furloughed from my uh, role in retail management for about four months. And I did some kind of self-reflecting and I touched um, and reconnected with some of our previous peers um, and, and some previous peers of mine from working in New York city. And they were like, you know, there's, there's a lot more to you that I don't think that you realize you have. So I started doing a lot of research. I jumped on a lot of, um, you know, free webinars and education. And I'm like, you know what, this, this furlough was a purpose. This, this happened for a reason, you know, not only spending more time with my family, which I had obviously, never, uh, not made time for There was just more of it. Uh, so I decided to jump on the health and wellness path, which was always near and dear. You know, I, I feel like that's a super important attribute in our lives, right? How we can roll longer. Um, and if we don't provide for us, we're not providing for anybody else. So I started schooling. I got certified in, in a year's time as a um, health and wellness coach. But as you know me, I don't stop. So I wanted to keep on going. Yeah. Uh, so I decided, what the heck, right? What do I have to lose? So I ended up then getting certified internationally because there was a wee part of me that was like, well, if I can travel the world and do this and or have clients, you know, in internationally and both domestically, this is just going to open more doors. So, you know, I'm excited just to report that I did do that. I got that accolade in September. And then I um, found myself in this place and a, a dear friend of mine who took this journey alongside me uh, and graduated from that same schooling a little a few months behind was like, you know, you keep talking about all of these paths that are leading to adolescence. I think you're onto something here. So I got involved with my children's schoolings and went in and spun my education to teach little kids. It was real cool, you know, that you can be healthy and you can acknowledge things that are going on in your surroundings in a different way. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. I was, I was super excited. Uh, and, and obviously to have that opportunity and for them to allow it during a pandemic with so many guidelines and restrictions. And I kind of keep navigating myself that route. So I, um, you know, got certified in uh, mental wellness with children also, uh, youth education. And most of my clients right now are under the age of 30. So it is pretty pretty awesome. I, I have to say I am really enjoying the work of, you know, being able to be with the younger minded who are willing, more willing, I should say, to take some big leaps and bounds right. and uh, allowing me to, you know, partner with them. So that, that is where I'm in, and that's how I've gotten here. And I feel super excited to be on this path now. Um, and it's about um, it'll be a year in April that you know, I'm here in my new space, um, supporting my community in, in Lambertville, New Jersey. And, you know, I, I always think about that saying, like, why did you not do this sooner? You don't know until you do it. And I feel like until you have that drive behind you and the support system, by all means, you get there. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. I mean, it, it parallels kind of my journey a, a, a little bit like I see you were saying we worked for Crate and Barrel together uh, mm -hmm. for a number of years and um, you know I was finding myself like really liking that management pathway I, I know if I was going to stay there what I was hoping to do was be more of a trainer and kind of um, work on training management and, and things mm -hmm. of that nature I remember going to a couple New York trainings and talking to I don't remember his name but talking to one of the trainers there and is it Ken? I feel like Kent. there was a Ken. Exactly. Kent, it yes. Totally Kent. Kent. Yes. 
it can and I was just really moved by his energy and how he approached things. And I talked to him, you know, and I was like, hey, this is kind of what I want to do. And he gave me some guidance. And then, you know, eventually I moved um, back just to be around my grandparents because they were older and getting to a certain age. And I, I realized like it wasn't necessarily retail that was speaking to me, but it was more of that mind mindset kind of training aspect, coaching aspect that I really wanted to use my degree in psychology for. And so that's kind of where I went the, the route of um, being a counselor and, you know, kind of where we're at now. So I love hearing your story because I think it's so powerful to kind of see that, you know, a lot of people, and I work with a lot of adolescents and a lot of adolescents think going into college, they have to know exactly the pathways that they're going to lead to their career and what the rest of their life is. And some of that schooling, some of that's the educational system of like, you need to know, you need to do all this stuff to get into the best colleges. So you have all this. And, um, you know, side note, like the most stressed out population is adolescents because of all that pressure to kind of know their future but it's definitely not a straight line (laughs) like you ebb and flow between things and then you figure out what speaks to you and then you pursue that if if you're able to be insightful enough to see what it is so I love hearing your story about that journey from different aspects of your life to where you're at now yeah and thanks for letting me share and and like I said it's a, a lot of the paths you take of course the decisions you make and the support you have around you, you know, sometimes you just got to pull the plug and start. And by all means, there are a lot of scary and frightful things that come with that, but there's this like revitalization, you know, of, wow, I am doing something, you know, there is something that's going to change and I'm going to support that. So it's, it's super gratifying. Yeah. It's very interesting too, because you were saying um, towards the end of what you were saying, you were talking about, you know, why, why didn't I do this sooner? And you're talking about what it takes to kind of take these leaps. But I also think it's very indicative of like, even if this came up sooner for you, your path wouldn't have been the same and who knows where it would have left, left, led you, you know? So it's, it is kind of, there's this lament a little bit of like, Hey, I love this. I should have been doing this all along, but would you still be the same Michelle if you didn't go through the path that you did? And I think, you know, I was talking to my wife about the pandemic and really wanting you know obviously this this was a while ago because i don't think we we all understood how long it would kind of last but um you know just like uh, i just want to fast forward and kind of get to the point where we rebuild and move forward and just like yeah like i understand it's really intense and you know people are losing life and you know we want to move past it but you also want to be present in this moment to kind of see what happens for you and what control you can have and you know I'm paraphrasing but like how you can navigate through this because you know without that journey the end goal really doesn't mean that much if, if you're not using that growth period right um and obviously you know not to say the pandemic's wonderful because this is what happened but you know taking taking the aspect of like okay where's your control and what can you do in this rough time to kind of move yourself forward and keep going and putting the next step ahead of you. you. You're absolutely right. And a lot of those same conversations happen in our household too. You know, what, what's next? How long is this going to last? What are we going to get from it? And I think by, you know, something super important in our roles and spreading the, the, the positive words, what good are we doing right now? What changes can we be making? You know, let's not always look toward the negativity portion of this because there are some some great strides that can be built here, um, you know, and and if you feel like you can take ownership of that in some way, why not, you know? So I think that I, uh, you know, I keep using the word support because I do have a lot of individuals, I feel like in my life that help that make that shift. But I also think they don't realize subconsciously that I was supporting making a shift for them also. So, yeah, you know, no. it's great. I mean, just by being able to chase your passions, it's, it's it's a support in the way of modeling for other people too, right? Oh, sorry, the light here. Like I had the Keaton, Michael Keaton eyebrows going on for a second here with the light, <laughs> which is like my favorite. He's my favorite Batman. So I, I was just very <laughs> entranced by that. It's very fitting. <laughs> so um, 
so I, I think you're right though, like not just for your kids, but for your significant others, for your friends, for the rest of your family. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people I've talked to see someone on a journey, whether it's cousins or aunts or, you know, siblings or friends, and they say, oh, okay, they're doing something like, oh, that's really inspiring. Like, it's a good model for me to have. What can I do that maybe isn't the same? I don't have to follow that same pathway, but I can kind of start paying attention to my passions and, and look towards that as opposed to beating yourself up all the time and say, well, I'm in this job and pays the bills. I, I just got to do this. Um, I don't know what that voice was. I just did. And, and <laughs> you know, really open up the conversation to like, I'm being supported by you, you support me on my journey, but also there's this reciprocal support in, in, in our relationship that gives back to where you want to be too. And that that's absolutely um, transparent. You know, I have, uh, like I said, when, when we first began today, I'm super humbled. I'm super humbled to have this connection. You know, we've always kept in touch. Thank goodness for social media and a lot of <laughs> Um, but it's, it's just great to spread the word with others that have been along your journey, um, and, and have touched you along the way. You know, we've talked about some, some of our, our previous partners and, you know, we'll never forget those names. And I feel like, you know, that specific place where you and I had met and connected that led me to a lot of the learnings that I have secured in my life. I am forever grateful for not only the management tools that were locked in during that career, um, but just, you know, a, a family sense in another place other than your own, and you know, family. Yeah. Um, but you know, just a lot of great partnership on, you know, tools and trades that we would need that we didn't even know we needed at that time that have been carried thus far. And, and I do agree with you about, you know, making those, those movements with others. You know, I, I've been fortunate to have heard from, you know, acquaintances and friends and walks of life from previous years that have just, you know, hit me with a brief message saying, you know, you might not realize who you are touching or making aware of their abilities to, to make changes in their own lives. And I, I feel super fortunate to, to have those moments when they come through because it took them that thought process to even reach out and connect. But it's, it's, it's super humbling to have that. And they always seem to hit at the right times too, right? Like, yeah. right when you're exhausted, you're doing so much, you're, you're really trying to figure, oh, am I, you have that imposter syndrome that comes up every once in a while. And exactly. then you get a random message and say, hey, I know we haven't talked in a while, but I see what you're doing. And, and it just kind of perpetuates this, like, oh, okay, I, I, I can keep going. I think it's actually really interesting because it's a concept that comes up with me and my clients a lot is this idea of selfishness. And so a lot of people could see, especially in health and wellness, which I want to touch upon in a minute, but yeah, um, this idea of having to really be selfless in, in your endeavors and really kind of as caregivers or as partners really be there for the other person, which is, is, it's true. You do have to connect. You do have to turn towards your family. You do have to turn towards your partner and really be um, in that relationship. But I also think inherently there is this concept of like, well, you don't want to be selfish. And I think that stops people, people from chasing their passions or stops people from pursuing health and wellness, because inherently to do that step, you have to carve out time for yourself. And so mm -hmm. if you're constantly being told you can't have a self, but you have to be selfless, which is an ideal that we perpetuate, right? Like, oh, you don't want to be selfish. Don't be selfish. That's the worst thing you could possibly do. You know, so I've started using this term with some of my clients as uh, instead of being uh, selfish, be selfful and really paying attention to what you need to do for yourself so that you can engage with other people and you can, um, you know, pay attention to this stuff because, the message of being selfless is that you can't have self like you shouldn't be doing for self and that's inherently flawed uh, you want to do that but you also want to be part of a community right and, and kind of support and connect and so i think 
it was just kind of coming up natural in our conversation, but I, I do think, you know, chasing your passions and doing what you're doing and, and connecting inherently is less about, you know, just yourself. It's, it's more about you doing for you and your passions, but then also like how that affects other people. And I think that's a missing component for the journey on a lot of this stuff that people don't really talk about. Well, yeah. And you feel, you know, as you're making moves, especially making a, you know, career change and following a path, like we're talking about, you know, you, you feel like you're, you're making moves and you're putting your hard work in a lot of other buckets that were not being filled prior. So making sure that, you know, still making time for self family, all the elements and the individuals that were there prior, it might just look a little bit different. And, you know, I love that you're bringing up, you know, self-love, self-care, because that is, that is what was my niche really diving out of school. I think, you know, that is super important. And like I had mentioned a little earlier um, in the podcast that, if you're not doing for you, you are certainly not going to be able to do for others in a full way, a full capacity. Uh, And and that self-care looks very different for every individual because every individual operates different. And I'm not talking, you know, if you, if you're down with a a manicure or massage and you think that's your self-care or that rolls for you, then by all means, but if five minutes a day to kickstart your morning journaling is the way to get your thoughts on paper and out of your head so you can start and shift that mindset to a more positive way, then that works. I think it's, it's very different. It's very broad and, and really honing in on what works for an individual is, you know, really a light bulb moment for most, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So it, I mean, there's so much to that too, because we we do have this generalized conception of what self-care looks like. And like you're saying, sometimes it is, you know, getting a manicure or getting a massage or chilling in a hot tub, you know, and, and those work. I think also like you're, you're saying the individualized approach is going to be really important because a lot of people who don't engage in self-care don't know where to start. And so it is a conversation about you know, sometimes it looks different depending on where you're at. And for me, sometimes doing self-care is doing the dishes instead of pushing them off till the end of the night. So I can go read that book before I go to bed and engage in that, that space or, you know, making a list of what needs to get done and spending that time, even if I'm tired at the end of the day, so I can really engage in what comes after and not have to in the back of my head be like, Oh, I got to do those pots and pans in the morning or, Oh, you know, like, Oh, I have to go do this. It's really getting that out of the way, even though I, I really don't want to come home <laughs> from work and just start doing dishes or, <laughs> yeah. you know, but like, you know, part of my self-care routine is like, well, let me take everything off the table that would stop me from really engaging and being compassionate to myself and really enjoying that book I'm reading or enjoying that episode that we're watching or writing or whatever it is. I think you're right on the money with that. Yeah. And when, and when we're, you know, we live in a society where we're constantly chasing, right. And, you know, if, if we help program ourselves and our schedules to allow that, you know, that time, that space, like you're saying, which is a great way to put it, um, we will see the, the changes that are not only better for ourselves, but what we could provide for others, for sure. That's great. So you were talking a lot about like, uh, you know, working with adolescents and, and getting to go to your, your daughter's school and kind of working in that school atmosphere. And I love that. That's a big part of the Promethean Project mission, too, of what we're doing with the nonprofit um, and there is this like neuroplasticity with, with youth and adolescents that allows them to be a little bit more adjusting in how they approach things when they take in new information. And I think, uh, we're seeing that in a ton of different ways with just like, you know, like the push with the books that are being banned or, you know, some of these policies where I think back to when I was in, in middle school or high school and totally oblivious to that stuff. But a lot of the adolescents I work with are 
on the forefront of making these changes and being able to adapt and being able to think in different ways. And I think this is a, a very important age for health and wellness conversations to, to happen. We ran over the summer, we ran um, in, in tandem with some other strength co coaching. We did a uh, self-care and like mental wellness portion of a summer camp uh, where, you know, I was able to write a curriculum and my sister was able to be an instructor along with some of our other friends and really have these conversations with kids about mental um, acuity and mental wellness, as opposed to just this idea of uh, mental health as a bad thing, right? More of a generative yeah. thing. And so in writing that, I, I now have this curriculum that's, you know, almost a hundred pages long and with exercises to do. And, and, you know, some of the feedback was good in the sense of they love the exercises. It was much harder to have like the hour of classroom <laughs> talk of like, okay, oh, this is, this is what an emotion is. But I think once you engage on that level and you can intrigue uh, the mind to say, oh, okay, there's a different way to view this and it's interactive. Um, that's re really where like the push forward, I think is, you know, going back to that old song, the children are our future situation. It, it is, you know, like you do get defiant adolescents or middle school age kids who don't want to hear any of it but I feel like it's a lot easier to work with that than trying to change someone's habit or routine that's been really consistent for 65 70 years and just have no real want to to do that um so I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about what you were doing with the youth and how you were engaging them and kind of keeping it fresh and, and getting them to think about these concepts that if told by a parent or someone in authority may get a lot of pushback but told from someone who's different than that and in a way um, that they can hear i'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that yeah of course absolutely so um you know i am pretty involved in both of my daughter's schooling so um you know again during this pandemic we've all kind of you know uh seen lived different different ways than the quote-unquote norm uh, you know having them home for virtual for quite some time we see different uh behaviors habits forming you know just not a true admiration for wanting to even be educated. You know, why am I really learning? What am I learning? So, you know, I just became interested on how could this be more interesting for them? There has to be a way to tap in, you know, I can do with my own kids, but how can I get a little bit further? So I actually am a Girl Scout leader to both of my daughters. So I'm nice. involved. There. I love it. I love being, you know, in that stature for them, having a great time, helping them support the community and, and learning what's, you know, available and around, around for them. So I was actually in the school for uh, my, my older daughter's meeting and I um, happened to be in the office and I started chatting with the health and physical education teachers and I've known them, you know, I have, of course, very menial conversation prior. And they were like, we need to know what you're up to. Because my older daughter, of course, at the age of 10, you know, likes to chit chat a little bit. And they're like, we know you're onto something because we hear her talking about it. And of course, I was so excited that she was like, oh, mom's doing these cool things now, you know, mm -hmm. I guess even cooler than I was doing before. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I uh, love that she kind of put my shoe in. So after chatting with them, I was invited to come into the school. And like you had mentioned, everyone is talking health and wellness. I mean, this has been going on throughout the entire pandemic and obviously just growing to this entire, you know, it's been around, but now really become exploited and this movement, you know, to really better. So I, you know, they're like, we're kind of at this crossroads. We don't know what the next is. And I'm like, well, if I'm allowed to come in, I would be glad to support you. So after chatting, I was obviously welcomed in by the principal, which was lovely. And I did a three-day um, stint with, uh, she is in fifth grade now, so with all of the fifth graders. So uh, they are separated in two classes a day. So I was there for three straight days so we could get to all of the six classes. And we did a, um, I, I was going to use the word session, but we did a class on stress. How does that make you feel? 
how do you even recognize it as 10 and 11 year olds? How do you change it, right? What can you do to better yourself in that area? And of course we had to do something fun. So we made stress balls and I walked out of the school every day with rice in my shoes. And it was like this mere reminder, like, oh my gosh, you just, I just had a blast, you know, even if it was for a few hours a day, I had a blast. And um, funny enough, while I was there, uh, the, the direct teacher that I was working with, uh, you know, around our age, had a great time with him. And he's like, listen, I think you missed your calling in life. And it, it has carried with me since the exact moment he said it. And I, and I turned to him and I remember my response saying, you know, did you talk to my mother? Did my mom call you before I came here? Because my, my mother had always insisted that I be a teacher, which is her role in life. And it just was not my passion at that time. And I'm not saying that's the next for me right now either, but I know that I can support it in some kind of facet. And I, you know, my response to him was, I appreciate that. And that was never one of my interests, but if I can do work like this, I can still get across my message. Um, you know, and, and it was great. I would, you know, I spent an hour with each of these classes and we were able to build a board, one of the dry erase boards we were, we were, we took over and, uh, as a wrap up at the end of the class, they had to leave in order to leave the classroom. They had to put a note on the board with three different ways that they could de-stress. And it was cool. I mean, we're talking about 10, 11 year olds. There was a lot of video games on there playing outside, chatting with friends. But the fact that they even recognized that that was something that could be done and even in a self-care way, um, they were thinking about it and they had a ball. I mean, as far as I know, it was, it was great. We got in and I was, um, invited back. So we're, we're talking about what's the next for spring, right? What does that look like? And I think it was really important. The teacher left with some, some different mindset for himself. And again, this is one of those moments when you like walk away and you're feeling really good and you're like, okay, what's next now you're beating yourself up. And I get this very long-winded, which I love because he's not long-winded, email thanking me for my time. And he's like, I really, you came at a certain time in my career. I needed you there because I was in a rut. I was feeling like now what is next for me? You know, we are dealing with adolescents that are coming in with many different things going on at home, you know, lives, a lot of lives have changed, whether that's in, you know, economy, uh, careers, occupations for families. And he's like, the kids have just been a little tougher to teach, to get involved. And, you know, he was grateful that I came in with some fresh ideas, some out of the box. And he's like, wait a second, we can really talk about big ideas and, some serious matters when you think about it with children in a very different way and they can still understand. And it was like a light bulb and it was great. So, you know, I, I feel like I kind of hit a two for one there. Yeah, definitely. And those, and those adolescents. I mean, I, I think it's needed. You know, I, I work with a lot of people and, and friends with a lot of teachers. And I think, you know, a lot of not not all the educational systems, but a lot of the educational system is like, no, we need to keep moving forward with what we've always done. And what the biggest feedback I hear from teachers is like, yeah, academics is really important, but we also need to address this health and wellness crisis that's sure. kind of going on. And I think a lot of teachers are feeling like, how do we do that, but still hit this metric that people want on learning and not falling behind, because that's a big concern too. And I think it's beautiful that you were able to go in there and be a support to the kids and the teacher, because it, I don't know if you would have been able to do that if you were just another teacher in tandem, because you were able to go in and say, I'm not really confined by a lot of this day-to-day stuff. I can be more imaginative and integrative in in the way. And I think that's awesome that they were able to reach out and do that with you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I was glad that they were, they were uh, allowing me in because 
right now they're all on lockdowns, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not frequent that people are allowed to, to join. So it was great. Yeah. Yeah. So that brings up another question. Cause I, you know, obviously working with families is, is a big part of what you do and what I do. Um, for parents who are really interested in, in how they can facilitate at home this journey of health and wellness for their kids and, and kind of help them through some of, you know, the technology that issues that come up during the pandemic and, and hard to motivate kids to focus on different things. What are some recommendations you might have for those parents who might be listening or just parents in general? You know, I mean, I've had some parents actually reach out after I was in that school also, even just friends, parents, you know, what, what are you up to? You know, my daughter, son told me that you were in school today. What, what were you guys learning? I think really just, uh, you know, this is going to sound super uh, broad, but being aware, just really making the time to um, listen, but not only, and a lot of this is going to be things that are known, but not only listen, but really provide the time to, to chat too. I think some of my monumental moments with my kids have been like, you know, now that I'm around more and I can actually, you know, tuck you in at bed, this just happens to be our routine, but talk to me. Like I want to be the person that uh, is here through the good, the bad, the ugly. It's not about who's getting in trouble and what's that consequence going to look like, but, but let's talk about it. And there's been some tough conversations by opening that window, you know, um, this, this same daughter in fifth grade had come home, uh, and, and told me about a friend that was talking about suicide. And I'm not necessarily saying the act of, but a lot of questions. Correct. So, you know, what, what is she hearing at home? This is a family we know very well, but like, how can I help support that conversation too, if you have questions about it, but I think just getting them involved, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of technology as we're moving forward. And this is, you know, not pandemic related. This is the world we live in. And, you know, we're pretty technology based these days, which is great. And there's a lot of pros if you can handle it properly and you know, when there is a time and a place uh, but getting them more active, I think nature is a huge thing for us. That would be one of my biggest lifesavers is just stepping outside. Um, even if it's for a walk, getting that fresh air, I think it does a body good for anyone. Um, but especially, a, a, you know, a young mind being able just to kind of free themselves of all of what they feel restrictions at this point, um, all the things they're not allowed to do right now um and you know just getting them away from what they're having to utilize for most of the time during the week right yeah i know i think that's all very important stuff and i like what you're saying is that we shouldn't be afraid of having these conversations with kids because they're way more astute than we historically have given them credit for and insightful and I think if we're not having these conversations with our kids, they're having them somewhere else. And that can be really scary because it can be either really, really effective and profound, or it can be really not the right information to kind of carry around. And I, I mean, even in counseling younger adults, when I talk to them, some of the misconceptions that come from so much, it's really hard. I remember someone telling me, I think he was 25, was telling me, specifically about therapy was like I didn't know this is what therapy was I would have done this like at 12 years old if I knew it was this place to kind of process and talk and you know I just heard what it was from tv or from what people told me about it and not to talk about these things and so I love that you're creating that time to do check-ins and kind of talk about stuff even the hard stuff you know um, my daughter Ooh. is six she's turning seven and you know, we have conversations about sexism. We have conversations about racism. We have conversations about, you know, what's fair and, you know, body autonomy and, you know, all these things, which historically, you, you know, I don't feel like I had that conversation until much later in life. Right. And I, I definitely feel like, again, not to lament it, but to feel like, oh, this would have been really profound to, to know more because there were all these insecurities or unknowns or unmentionable kind of things that came up in my life that I felt like, okay, I can't talk to anyone about this because we don't talk mm -hmm. about this stuff. Right. Yeah. 
And I absolutely agree. I think, you know, I was just having this conversation recently about how we live in a time and an era now where our voices really do matter. And it doesn't, it, I'm not saying it matters to whom that voice is traveling to, but it really does matter. And I, I feel like we can obviously express ourselves a little bit more freely than it used to be as more traditional and conventional, right? Yep. And I did not have those conversations either about a lot of what life experiences I may or may not have endured. Uh, and I think it would have been helpful. So there's definitely a little bit more freedom, I feel, in our in our household and, um, you know, God bless my husband who's around women, uh, you know, so I take on a lot of those, but you know, it, I, it would, I would rather it come from us. I rather feel comfortable with being said and heard in a, you know, more comfortable space than just kind of figuring it all out on your own. And I, and I love what you had just said about that client as well. Um, I have a 22 year old male client currently and he has been in therapy actually a couple of times in his younger life, going through some changes in his lifestyle. And he was like, I have never been able to tell a previous therapist some of the things that I've been able to tell you and feel comfortable. And whether that's, you know, my, my raw goodness, you know, I could say, you can tell me anything confined. You could ask my opinion. You might just not like the answer. So brace yourself, um, or my response, but, uh, he, he was like, this is life-changing. You know, I have worked with this individual for about three months now. And he's like, there are things that I've been able to accomplish now as an older adult that I wasn't even able to talk about prior. Right. So it's great being able to provide that space and it's not going to be the case with every individual, but to be able to put it all out there and, and say, you know, if you're willing to give it all and you're willing to make the changes, then we can do the work, but that's where it really starts. Yeah, definitely. And I also love the ability to have those conversations with younger people or your own kids and, and really be able to admit like, Hey, I, I don't have the answer, but I can, I can, look into it or we can look into it together. I think one of my favorite things, and it, it's hard, it took a while to get to this point, is having a conversation with my daughter and really being able to admit when I mess up because historically it'd be like, no, I don't, <laughs> don't want to do that. Um, right. But, it, you know, I think one of the things was, is when I first tried that when she was much younger, it had a profound effect on our relationship. And so, you know, I'm I've been really working on trying to cultivate this conversation where you're like, Hey, you can call me out too, if it's done in a respectful way. Right. Like, um, and we can have a conversation about this and we can both kind of talk about what we've put into these situations. And right. my hope is by doing that, we're as a society, we're opening up this conversation more about like, we don't have to hold on to these things and stuff it down because no one wants to hear it or because it's not valued or because we feel it makes us less of a, person i mean our our superpower as people you know i was talking to someone the other day if you look at animals born in the wild right because of generational um knowledge and some trauma um animals adapt to their setting in different ways you know a horse being born can walk relatively soon right so that it can kind of move and be safer in the environment you know i know that tigers find hidden places to have their their um children so that they have that safety and their children you know can learn how to walk and play and do all this stuff and, and you know in a safe way us as humans ours is communication right when you think about a baby like the crying and communicating i need you i need help i need that mm -hmm. and that that's a power that we have that i think we forget about a lot of times is that we're made to interact we're made to connect we're made to talk about this stuff and i love that you're bringing that message to a lot of people i think it needs to be heard more yeah. And there are, you know, uh, there are a lot of life lessons I've learned in this short period of time too. Um, you know, working with adolescents, obviously, and having parents involved when they're obviously minors in certain ages, you know, there's, there's been some key takeaways at the non-communication that could be happening 
between those individuals and the adolescent that I'm kind of filling that void for in addition. So yeah, there's been some, some, some real breakaway moments for sure. And you get to learn a lot of the cool vernacular that's going on with adolescents now. So. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. when I first learned about eat, it was a very interesting session I was having with a youth who was just throwing stuff around my room. And I'm like, what is, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> so I, I get, it. I get to bring that home occasionally. And my wife makes fun of me. She's like, you're too old. Knock it off. Oh my gosh. Um, no, we got a lot of life to live. Yes. So all right. Well, so I, I think this has been a really interesting journey and in, in talking and in, in kind of externalizing some of this stuff. I'm, I'm really thankful for, you know, you being open and talking about what's going on and what passions you have. Um, I do have a couple questions to get to. Um, I, I end the podcast this way all the time. And so they are, I'm going to give you both and you can answer however you want to. The first question okay. is if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? And then the second question is, what do you believe your true superpower is and how do you use that? Ooh, those are some big questions. And, and I said earlier, some fitting questions, because how could it not end this way? Um, I would say if I could have a superpower, I mean, I, I've always believed in myself as uh, being pretty confident in my thought process, in the use of my words and how I communicate. Uh, but I would have to say, I would love to be, have some kind of mind reading power, you know, and I'm not saying that I, uh, not for the sense of walking away from a conversation being like, oh, was I off key there? <laughs> yeah. You know, did I just go down the wrong way? I think just to, really understand what somebody else is thinking. If, if I've said something wild or if I've said something too raw, uh, but I think that'd be super cool to just, you know, or are they thinking that, oh, I was right on key. I was right on point. Right. Uh, but that would probably be what I would, would be craving for sure. Um, and if I have a superpower, what do I think it is? Um, I would say and this really kind of comes from my previous, my previous life, uh, really just keeping the atmosphere upbeat and positive. I think no matter what ish is thrown anyone's way, uh, I've been put in a role in, in many different facets of my life to keep it afloat. And Am I saying I'm always feeling like that inside? No, truthfully, but to make sure that the surrounding individuals are feeling that, I always found super important. So I think I, I definitely could walk into a room and change the attitudes and persona pretty quick. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you again, Michelle, for coming on and sharing and, and being open and having this dialogue about health and wellness and mindset. and. You know, I love everything you're doing. Do you have anything coming up over the next couple of months that you would like to kind of put out there and have, you know, people look into if they're interested in? Yeah, absolutely. By all means, I would love for anyone to follow me. Of course, I'm all over social media units. It's Healthier with Michelle. I'm located here in the good old Lambertville, New Jersey, um, which is fabulous, a river town, um, a great community. But we do have, when I say we, I have a, a partner that we have actually run a couple uh, wellness retreats with, and they cover a lot of material. Um, and we've kind of changed them and, you know, spun them based on time of year and season. First one was outdoor at a park, but we do have one coming up this Saturday. It will be in Wilmington, Delaware in her hometown. We've partnered with a physical therapist. We have a yoga instructor coming in um, and it should be reality, right? How we are made up. Uh, both affected by what we physically put in our mouths as our secondary food and our primary food or all of the other aspects that kind of cover your well-being. So, you know, your career, your mindset, your spirituality. Uh, like I said, we'll have some yoga involved. We're going to really tap into that self-care, self-love. And then I'm actually going to be doing the last Wednesday of every month here in my space, 
um, a open workshop in person for one hour from 6 to 7 p.m. And we're going to cover a ton of different topics, one topic per session, just to kind of open up, get, get everyone involved, safe space to communicate, network, tap into other like-minded individuals. Um, and then a little further out, we've got a, a huge festival happening here that's been put on hold for two years per the pandemic. And then Ida, um, Ida took out quite a bit of this town and the town on the other side of the river in New Hope. Right. Um, so that will be happening the weekend after Easter. So, oh, awesome. in, so yeah, some cool stuff coming up and get involved and, and be supportive. Fantastic. I, I love to hear all that you're doing and it's exciting to hear that. And, yeah. you know. So anyone listening, check that out. Um, I do want to, I, I would be remiss if we ended this podcast and didn't dedicate a special shout out to Rika, the people's champ, our good friend. Yeah. So if you're listening, Rika, this one's for you. Um, I think I started calling her the people's champ as soon as I met her, just because <laughs> her last name is so close to Rocky Mayavia's name. And it's not really close at all. That's just how my mind works. <laughs> I love um, it. I gave her. Uh, people's champ uh wrestling belt one year i think for her birthday i or something. do remember i do um, remember dedication to you rika if you've made it to the end of the podcast and, <laughs> are listening. and she will so be filled with joy when she sees the partnership of the two of us together and she's actually attended some of my events too awesome. so she's been a great supporter for sure and and you know i i wouldn't be able to thanks to you i really appreciate your time and, and thinking of me and, and having me as part of your podcast, I couldn't be more humbled. Well, thank you very much, Michelle. And who knows where this could go, right? Yeah, maybe we could collaborate <laughs> sometime. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at org. If you want to learn more about the Promethean Project, or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at thepermetheanproject.org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends, like our posts on social media, on Instagram and on Facebook, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen. And remember that the most important step is always the next one.